Thank you for tuning in to the latest message from Island Church. We have one pursuit. You say, what is that? It's him. It's Jesus. And when, when we allow him to be that one pursuit in our life, listen, you're going to find everything that he has flows with him. And it begins to become smooth and seamless in our life. I mean, so don't, mean, don't make the mistake like, like a lot of the church or like a lot of Christians do, going seeking after worldly joy or, or worldly wealth or, or worldly peace. I mean, listen, we, we should be seeking after those things. Why? Because he's already established them for us. Amen. I mean, but don't make the mistake of going to seek after those things. Seek after the one that possesses these things. Seek after Jesus. Seek after him. He is your joy. You don't have to seek after he is him. Find him. He is your joy. Church, you don't have to go out there and, and seek after wealth and seek after finances and seek after prosperity. Church, Jesus is your prosperity. Church, you don't have to even go after and seek after healing. Church, he is the healer. Amen. It's Jesus. He is our peace. Amen. We, we got to begin to come to that place where we're, we're pursuing the, uh, the one that possesses these things instead of just the gifts themselves, right? I mean, these things go over and over and over. I mean, so I'm going so I'm, I'm I'm to go to Proverbs 2 because he completely changed my message, you know, in the last couple of days. And I'm going to go to Proverbs 2. And I'm just going to, I'm going to give you like how we normally do in this house when I minister the word. Listen, I'm going to give you the, the, the conversation Holy Spirit and I had as we're, as we're preparing this message here. So in Proverbs chapter 2. I find, I, I, I love these. Here in, we'll just start off here in verse one. And in verse one, it says, my son, he says, if you will receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, he says, so shall you incline thy ear unto wisdom. He says, my son, I, I, I love that. Just, listen, who's he talking about? Are there, any, are there any sons? Are there any daughters of the Lord in here? See, when, when, you see these, when you see these references, you know, listen, the Lord's speaking directly to you. He's not, he's not talking to the Jews. He's not talking to a certain specific kind of people. He's talking to you. He's talking to sons and daughters, right? And, he's, and he starts off with a, with a really important word here. And it says, if. You know, every time I see the word if in the word of God, I tend to circle it. Why? Because if there's an if there, you're going you're gonna to see a then coming up. And, and it's your job to look for that then because when the Lord's speaking, he's saying, listen, if you do something, then something's going to take place. Right? He's saying, he's speaking directly to here. He's saying, if. What is that if referring to? It's, it's talking about your desires. Right? He's saying, listen, you have a desire. Listen, he's saying, if you have a choice, I guess is maybe a better word there. He's saying, you have a choice. Why? Because if it, you can go one direction or you, you can go to other, you know, you know, there are many times we hit Y's or we hit, you know, V's, you know, we hit a crossroads in our life. That's the if, which direction are you going to take? And see if you, if you can understand that the if is referring to you and your choice that you make, listen, this, this can open up a whole new realm to you. Meaning what? Meaning you have the ability to take responsibility. 
See, this is where you go and you can stop saying, listen, it's the Lord's fault that this isn't happening. You know, it's not my mom's fault for this happening. It's not my dad's fault for things happening. It's not my husband or my wife. It's not, it's not how I grew up. It's because I didn't have money or because I did have money or because I was in this nation or I was that nation. No, there's an if there. And he's saying, listen, if there's an if, it's your choice. It's time to man up and take responsibility. It's time to woman up and take responsibility for the choices that we've made. The Lord says, if you'll do this, if you will make this choice, he goes, then this will happen. You know, it's such a, it's so simple. The word, the word of God is so simple. I don't understand why so many people and say, I heard this my whole life as a young person that the, the Bible is so difficult to understand, you know, and the Bible is not difficult to understand. It's one of the reasons I never wanted to get in it. Remember, the Bible is simple. I don't know why we attribute the difficulty to the word of God. It's, it's simple. Every single, I'm talking about from Genesis, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, Exodus, all the way back to, to Revelations. Listen, church, it's simple to understand if you're seeking him. If you're sick in him, listen, it becomes very, very easy to be understood. The difficulty, the difficulty lies is when we try to mold the word into our own image and to justify the things that we want to do and not allow the word to, to look at us and mold us into the image of Jesus. Right, because that, that's, that's what it's designed to do. The word's not difficult. It's difficult when we try to form it into what it's not. You know, it's like, you know, we're teaching on the gifts of the Spirit. There in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13, and 14 uh, on Sundays here. And it amazes me as I, as I get on YouTube or I listen to podcasts and I see different messages from people that, that sit there and they try to push back on these things. Oh, these things don't exist anymore. They, they don't work anymore. They're dead. They're dead. They're dead. And you say, well, why, people, why would people do that? Listen, most people do these things because they have, they have a, a, a fear of the gifts. Amen. Because it's, it's supernatural. Amen. It's not anything you can control. Amen. It's Holy Spirit. It's God himself flowing through you so people can get a little nervous on that or they have a fear that it doesn't work on their behalf. Amen. I've been trying. I've been trying. I've been trying. So if it's not working through me instead of me changing something in my life, what do they do? They say, that doesn't work anymore. Healing doesn't work anymore. I prayed for someone and they didn't get healed. It doesn't work. Instead of trying to allow the word to begin to mold you to why these things aren't working in our lives, you know, we just discount and say, no, that, that's, not, that's not good anymore. Amen. And we become masters of manipulating the scriptures to justify our own beliefs. You know, but the crazy thing is about that, you know, you know, the, the only people that believe those manipulated scriptures the manipulated beliefs of what the word of God says are the people that have the same fears. Hmm? People that have the same fears, same fears of the move of the spirit, same fears that God won't do these things through them. They're the ones that will grab a hold of that. Why? Because it justifies their belief as well. Amen. And unfortunately, what do we end up doing? We begin to mass produce, mass market a Jesus that's made in our own image and not the Jesus of the scriptures. I'm telling you, church, that is dangerous. That is dangerous. 
You see, the fact is, if, if you go to John chapter 1 and you find out that, that if in the beginning the Word was God or the Word is God and the Word was with God, and then in verse 14 that the Word became flesh, the Word, He became the incarnate Word, He draped flesh upon Himself when the Holy Spirit came upon Mary and, he, and Jesus came through the womb of a woman. If that word, if, if the spoken word, if it's actually Jesus himself, then maybe we ought to give him the ability to shape us instead of us trying to shape him into who we want him to be, right? He says, listen, my sons, my daughters, if you will receive my word, hmm? he says, if you will receive my word, what does that mean? If you've received me, if you receive me, Pam, if you receive me, you're going to receive the words that I'm speaking to you. If you trust me, you want me, you're going to, you're going to take my words that I have for you. Has anyone in here received Jesus? I mean, if you've received Jesus, listen, listen, listen. If you've received Jesus, you must receive his word. And let me add this to it. You must receive his word regardless if you agree with it or not. You must receive it. Why? Because his word is designed to reveal him. His word reveals him. So if you're going to receive him, you must, church, receive his word. See, you may not like it that the scriptures say that, that the Lord, he is going to judge the wicked. Well, I just don't think that's really fair. I don't think God ought to do that. If he's loving and kind, maybe he shouldn't do that. Well, listen, I'll tell you a little secret too. The word also says that he's going to judge the righteous. Hmm? Now, you may not like that, but if you're going to receive him, you better receive his word and allow yourself to be molded into what he's trying to speak to you. Right? See, we may not like that Jesus, that he doesn't agree, that he's in, he doesn't agree with our, our cultural confusion that's, that's being implemented here on this earth and in every, every school and every facet of life that we're living in regarding transgenderism and homosexuality. You may, you may not agree with it. You may not like those things. You may not like it that, that he doesn't agree with it. But if you're going to receive him, church, I'm going to tell you, you better receive his word. Huh? Because see, I'll tell, you, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you the truth on the matter. Church, he doesn't agree with these things because both of these things are the epitome of pride. It's the epitome of pride. You say, well, how is, how is that pride? Because see, if you can look down at yourself, you can look down at your body and say, you know what? Nope, Lord, you're wrong. What, what you created me to be, that, that's, that's not accurate. That's not accurate. I think I'm this or I think I'm that. What you've said is absolutely wrong. I'm telling you, church, that is pride usurping yourself over who God says you are, who he formed you in the womb to be. That's pride. That's pride to be able to go after someone who looks exactly like you. Because I can't settle for the other sex. I, got, I want someone that looks like me, talks like me, runs like me, carries himself like me. Church, that's the epitome of pride. It's the epitome of pride. Hmm? But if you're going to receive him, church, you're going to have to learn to receive his word. So what do we do as children of God? We have desires. We have, we have the world trying to, to implement, trying to push different things on us. What do we do? I'll tell you what we don't do. We don't manipulate the word, amen, to, to, 
to come into agreement with our desires or the confusion that we may have even in our own life. What do you do? You get yourself consumed in his presence. You get yourself consumed in his word to where you absolutely lose every desire and every opinion that you have. See, church, we got to get to the place where we don't have opinions anymore. Because our opinions are rubbish. I mean, the only opinion we should have is the opinion of the word of God. You know, Catherine Kuhlman, you know, people want, I wonder how that woman operated in so much power. Listen to some of the interviews she had. When people tried to come against her, come against different ministries and come against different doctrines, all she'd do is say the word of God. And they say, well, how long are you going to hide behind the word of God, Miss Kuhlman? She says, I don't have another opinion. The word of God is it, full stop. Keep you a lot of, out of a lot of trouble and they'll keep you into absolute intimacy where you can walk in power like she did. Hmm? He says, my sons, my daughters, if you will receive me, you'll receive my words. And you're going to hide my commandments with you. You'll hide my commandments with you. This is, I love this. This one's interesting right here. He goes, I will hide my commandments. Hide them. You got to hide my commandments with you. If Jesus is your Lord, if Jesus is your master, if Jesus is your king, if you've submitted your life into Jesus, if, you've, if you have actually died on the cross with Christ, if you've been crucified with him and been resurrected back into not just your life, resurrected into his life, you're living his life now. See, that's what happens when you get reborn. You die, Daniel. But you come back to life, but it's not your life anymore. It's Christ living in you. Christ's life living through you. And if he's living in you, if he's living through you, if he is the head and you're actually the body, if it's his life, listen, church, I'm going to tell you a little secret here. The king, he has the ability to command you. He has the ability to give you commands. He has every right in the world. He is the king. We are the, he is the general. We are the private, right? We're the enlisted one, but he, he is the general. He's the one ruling things. He is the head. We are, we are the body. We are the church. He has the right, he has the right to command us. You know, I, I was sitting there praying over some people at, at, at a church and, and, you know, I, I came to this, to this girl and she was a young black woman. And you could tell she had, she had a real chip on her shoulder about some, some of the things that, that were going on, maybe just in her life. Who knows what, what the deal was. But I, but I, I talked to her because, you know, she, she wasn't really in faith, and I could sense that by the Spirit. So I'm sitting there talking to her a little bit, talking to her a little bit. And she's looking at me like, yeah, I know, whatever. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. It's like, well, why are you even up here if you're acting like that? But she's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yes, yes. And finally I said, listen, you want me to tell you what your problem is? You know, and that got her eyes up. Yeah, yeah, what's my problem? I said, you need to learn how to be a slave. And when I said that, she stood up. She's like, I'm not a slave to anyone. I said, I know, and that's your problem. That's your problem. Because the people of the word of God, the ones that, that are teaching us, you know, Paul and, and Jude and, and James and all these men, listen, you know the first thing they said when they're introducing themselves in, in, in the word of God? They said, listen, it's Paul. I'm a servant. That, that word servant there is the Greek word doulos. It means, it means I am a bond slave into Christ. He didn't say, I'm the greatest apostle. I'm going to write a third of the New Testament. You know, no, he, didn't, he didn't say any of that. He said, listen, I am the bond slave to Jesus Christ. And I'm one that's sent by him, and I'm an apostle of him. 
But see, he had adapted with it. I'm what? Why? He says, just like me. I mean, I've served the world. I've served Satan. I've served it. Listen, I've, I, when I got reborn, I found a new master. And that new master, I found that there's nothing that is greater than him. Nothing can come up to him. And I desired to serve him for the rest of my life. I put myself in his, under his bondage. I say, listen, Jesus. Yeah, you know, I, I choose. I'll never serve these things again. I'm yours. You own me. I am your possession. I'll serve you for the rest of my life. You have the ability to command me. You have that ability to command me. I'm making that choice. You purchased me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm giving myself over to you. Hmm. He says, "If you, my son, and my daughter." you'll receive my word and you'll hide the commandments, the things I'm commanding, you'll hide them in your heart. Hide them in you. He says, so that you can incline your ear into wisdom and imply thy heart into understanding. He says, listen, if you won't, if you won't receive my words, if you won't hide those commands in you, if you won't do it, listen, he says, in essence, this is rejecting him. So if you don't receive his words, if you don't hide his commands, you can't incline your ear. You can't incline your ear. You can't incline your ear into wisdom. See, you wonder why the church is full of nonsense. I mean, we're, we are the entity on this earth that walks in more power, wisdom, peace, love, compassion, wealth, you name it. And why do, we, why do we look like the laughing stock of the world? Because we don't have our ears inclined. We don't have our ears inclined into wisdom. Why? Because we're not receiving his word. We're not hiding his commands. See, this is exactly what Jesus said when he, was, when he was walking around here on this earth. He says, he who has an ear to hear what the spirit of the Lord is having to say. Why? Because they weren't receiving his words. They weren't, they weren't hiding his commands in their heart. And he says, listen, you don't have an ear tuned into me. You're going to have to receive my word. You're going to have to hide these commands. Then your ear is opened unto wisdom. Then your ear is open unto wisdom. Now listen, this wisdom here, you know, contrary to what, what most of us think, it's not, it's not a natural wisdom. It's not a natural wisdom here. Let's check this out here in, in verse 3. It says, yes. He goes, if you cry after knowledge and you lift up your voice for understanding, if you, if you seek her like silver and you search for her for hidden treasures, then shall you understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of our God. He goes, then you will. Isn't that interesting though? Here in what verse is that? Here in verse four, he says, if you seek her as silver, search for her as hidden treasures. Who is this her that we should be seeking after like a valuable treasure? Who, who is this? Here, the obvious answer is wisdom, right? I mean, this is what, you know, the, the pro Proverbs is the book of wisdom, right? This, this, this proverb right here is, is entitled in my, in my Bible, you know, the reward of wisdom. That, that is, that's the obvious answer. It's wisdom. Amen. But, but that wisdom, 
It's not the type of wisdom that, that most people in this world think wisdom is. It's not the wisdom that gives you the ability to exalt yourself intellectually over someone or that gives you, you know, greater intellect or gives you greater doctorates or more doctorates or some other degrees so you can prove out how wise you are to other people. That, that's not the wisdom that's being talked about here. And see, I don't know about you, but see, in my own Christian life, in my own pursuit of Jesus, See, I, I found that I have gone after thinking I'm going after Jesus because I needed things in my life. But I wasn't going after Jesus at all. I was going after the things that he had. But for good reason, because I needed it. I mean, I needed something in my life at that time. I needed something in that moment in time, no matter what it was, if it was financial need, a healing need, uh, something in my marriage that, to get repaired, you know, whatever it may have been, I was seeking after him, but I was actually seeking after what he possessed to fix it. I mean, see, and if you've, and if you've been like me, you, you, know, you grew up in some of the angles and some of the, you know, uh, some of the teaching that, that we have. Listen, what do you do when you, need, when you need something in your life, when you need healing in your life, when you need something in your life? What do you do? You go after, you go, you go in the word of God. You find a scripture. I mean, then you grab a hold of that scripture and then you begin to stand on it. You begin to confess it and you begin to confess it and you begin to confess it. Right, over and over and over. And we've been taught these things. Listen, if you'll just confess it, well, how long, Pastor? Do we, do we need to confess these things? And, and you, you'll hear people say, and you'll hear it from me yourself. Will you confess it until it becomes a reality in your life? But see, if you're not careful, we get to the spot where we're thinking, listen, if I just confess it enough, it's going to come to pass. Like it's your work that you're doing is going to bring it to pass. But see, something happened when, when I was young and I, and, I, and I was looking after the things that Jesus possessed instead of him. Something happened that I didn't quite expect. I mean, when I'm sitting there and I, I grab the scripture, I'm confessing, I'm confessing, I'm confessing, and, and, and nothing's taking place yet. So, so what do I do? I keep confessing. Somehow, magically, it's just going to take place. But that's not what happened. When you begin to confess and you confess and you confess, what does it do? It brings forth a meditation on the inside of you to where you start rolling these scriptures, rolling the word of God over on the inside. And when you start rolling Jesus's word over and over and over on the inside, of you know what it's going to do? It's going to point you to Jesus. And then when you point to Jesus, when you, when you start seeking Jesus and you come after Jesus, then when that confession comes out of your mouth for healing, for a financial need, for your marriage to get repaired or whatever it may be, you know what happens? Boom, faith is released. Why? Because your faith is not in what you're doing. Your faith is in him. Your faith is in him. Your faith is in everything that he's told you. There is a trust, the relationship that gets birthed. Why? Because you had an encounter with him. And then when you speak, then that's when your faith gets ignited. Why? Because you went after him. Because you went after him. I'm going to tell you something, church. His word is here for one purpose and one purpose only. It's not to make you seem like you're smarter than the other Christians down the street. It's not, it's not so you can argue books with the Muslims. We have, we have one purpose. The word is given to you for one purpose and one person, uh, one purpose only. Yeah, that's right, Lord. It's to reveal a person. It's to reveal Jesus. Jesus gave his word to help reveal him unto each and every one of us. Amen. You know, the interesting about this is, 
when you grab a hold of this and you begin to confess things and meditate on it and then it, it becomes real unto you. You know, it, it'll, birth a, it'll birth a boldness on the inside of you. When faith gets ignited, it births a boldness on the inside of you where you will not take no for an answer. Going back to, you know, Kimberly's message there, listen, that's, that's when you start getting violent. That's when you start getting violent because the word has become real to you. Why? Because Jesus has become real to you. Amen. But not only does it birth a boldness into you, it births a fear in that circumstance. It'll birth a fear. Let me say that again. It'll birth a fear into the circumstance. See, this is exactly what happened when Jesus, when he, when he went across Lake Galilee and he went over to Genesaret by, by Decapolis. And he met a man that, w- that was possessed with a legion of demons. See, when Jesus walked upon the scene, darkness became in fear. It came down and it started bowing down at Jesus' feet and says, what are you doing here? It knew exactly who Jesus is. What are you doing here? Have you come to, to, to torment us before the time? What were they saying? Jesus, we know. You're, it amazes me. How do, how do devils know better the day and age we're living in than the church does? We're the ones in union with Jesus, and devils knew when Jesus came on the scene. Listen, you're here too early. You're here too early. Don't, don't cast me down the pit of hell yet. You know, you know please, please just, see those pigs over there? No, you don't like pigs. Go, go. Throw me into those pigs over there. We'll go over there. And they ran those pigs off the cliff into the water. Hmm? But it became an absolute fear. The circumstance that was tormenting that man became an absolute fear when Jesus walked upon the scene. I tell you something, church. Circumstances that try to come you, it will get an absolute fear when the Jesus that is in you gets released when you walk upon the scene. Amen. This is when, this is when but you got to come to this place that, that the word becomes real, that Jesus is not just going to provide for you. See, we got to change our mentality. Jesus is not going to provide for you. It's not a theory or a hope that he's, no, Jesus is your provider. See, Jesus doesn't provide healing for his people. Jesus is the healer. Jesus just doesn't give you peace when you, when you need it. When you're on your last string, I'll give you peace. No, he is peace. You understand what I'm saying here? I mean, stop seeking after him. It's, it's who he is that we need to begin to start seeking after, church. You need wisdom? <laughs> it's not the wisdom you're going to get from the, from the university down the street here. Now, you want wisdom? You're going to get him. Biblical wisdom. Biblical wisdom is not something you can attain to. Natural wisdom is something you can get a degree for. Scriptural, biblical wisdom is not something you attain to. Wisdom is a person. Oh, come on, church. Wisdom is a person. Wisdom is a person. I should give a whole new meaning to, to John, uh, James chapter 1, verse 5. Hmm? That if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask for it. Let him ask God, and, and God will give, the God who gives liberally, and he, he doesn't rebuke you or he braids you not, and it'll be given unto you. If anyone lacks wisdom, oh, go buy another book, and you're going to get wisdom. 
If you lack wisdom, go, go, go enroll in one more class and you're going to get it. No, no, he says, if you lack wisdom, ask the God who possesses it. Amen. And he will pour out upon you liberally. He'll begin to guide you liberally. And he won't rebuke you for not having the answer. No, just pour it out on you because he loves you. Church, see, regardless of if you recognize this or not, you, you, we have to come to this place of recognize it. This is how God draws us near. Your need, you need, you, you need wisdom. He's saying, listen, ask for it. Ask for it. And just don't think you're going you're gonna to have all the information in the world. No, no ask for the wisdom. What, what is he saying? He's saying, come down to my feet. Come, come, let me, come, come, let me caress your head just, just for a minute. Come, and I will pour out myself upon you. I'll help you make these decisions you can't make decisions with. But come to me, church. Church, this is the invitation. The invitation is not to, to usurp you among everyone else. No, that's the invitation to, to bring you into intimacy with him. To bring you into intimacy with him. Mm, church. Jesus is the wisdom. This is, this is the one that's referring to here. But see, when we ask for wisdom, because I know... I've had a million people ask me to pray for. I just need wisdom. I just need wisdom. We just need wisdom. When you're asking for wisdom, what are you actually looking for? Oh, just give me the answer so I can go do whatever I want to do. Are you actually looking for the one who possesses wisdom? Huh? So I'm telling you, he'll pour it out upon you and he won't rebuke you for it. But it'll begin a love affair. <laughs> And the invitation that he's trying to draw his son and his daughter close so he can pour it out to them. I mean, our children, I just don't want to give them the answer. I love it when they come and cuddle up upon me and we can actually have a conversation and they can receive my heart, not just some knowledge I've attained to. Hmm? It says, seek her as silver and search after her for a hidden treasure. Why is it a her? Why, why is wisdom her? Well, most of the time wisdom is personified as a woman in the scriptures. Why? Because it's the delicacy of how delicate he is. It's his gentle nature that he possesses. Who is this her? This her here is referring to Holy Spirit. Is referring, is referring to Holy Spirit. Now it's not saying Holy Spirit's weak. It's not saying that he's so delicate he's weak and he's easily defeated. No, 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 no. No, Holy Spirit is unconquerable. <laughs> He, he is the conqueror. He's not only God, he's the actual expression and demonstration of God and his power. He's Holy Spirit. Why is it referred to as a hurt? Listen, he's easily offended. He's easily hurt. He's easily offended. He's easily hurt. And listen, if you'll become intimate with him, intimate with his word, 
<laughs> you'll, you'll find out what quenches his fire. You'll, you'll find out what makes his presence leave the room because of something we're doing and because you're intimate with them, because you've fell in love with them, because you've sought these things out, you'll begin to cut out every single thing that begins to offend or hurt Holy Spirit. Hmm? You say, well, I don't know if I'm really convinced that's Holy Spirit. I mean, I think this is just talking about wisdom. Come on, I've been taught that my whole life. I've been taught that whole life. Well, listen, listen, our, go back to our teaching on fear on the fear of the Lord, right? Turn yourself over to, to, to Isaiah 11, verse 2. And, and what does that scripture say there? In verse 2 it says, In the Spirit of the Lord, hear that? That's Holy Spirit. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, on Jesus. Who is that Spirit? It's the Spirit of wisdom. And understanding the spirit of counsel, the spirit of might, the spirit of the knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And if you go back to the, to the Greek Septuagint, you also find out that the seventh one is he is the spirit of holiness. I mean, it's a sevenfold character or the sevenfold, the sevenfold workings of Holy Spirit as described, you know, in, in, in Revelations chapter two and, and a couple different places in, in Revelation. It's Holy Spirit. Now, if that spirit is the spirit of the Lord, if that spirit is the spirit of Jesus that's getting poured out upon Jesus, then it has to be the spirit of the Father. How many of you know that Jesus and the Father are not in competition with Holy Spirit? Oh, well, you can't say anything to Holy Spirit. You can't worship Holy Spirit. How many of y'all know that the Father and Jesus, they're not in competition with Holy Spirit? Everything Holy Spirit does is to exalt Jesus. Everything Jesus does is to exalt the Father. I mean, they are God. That's not just the Father, that's God. Jesus is, is the essence and substance of the Father. Amen. And Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus and of the Father. So listen, if you, if you get to that place where, where, where you go and you, and you begin to, to, to worship Jesus, listen, God's not going to get offended at that. Huh? If you worship Holy Spirit, listen, listen, the Father is not getting offended at that. He doesn't get offended over Holy Spirit. It's his spirit. This is why Jesus is saying, seek her. Seek her. Seek, seek him. Seek Holy Spirit. Seek the, seek the Holy Spirit. Seek the Spirit. Like you'd seek out silver and hidden treasures of your life. How do you seek him out? How do you seek her out? How do you seek him out? Like silver, what does that even mean? Well, silver would be the, the common currency of day-to-day, day-to-day transactions, day-to-day, day-to-day things to do. Right? What, how are we seeking him? Seek, seek after him as, as like a day to the things that we need for day-to-day transactions in our life. Jesus is saying, yeah, seek out the spirit of God. Seek out my presence day to day. It is your currency to operate in this world day to day. Don't just seek him out when you're empty. Just don't get in the word. Just don't get in his presence and prayer. Don't do those things just when you're empty. Because right, you're going to find that you end up staying empty. 
You know, if you, if you talk with um, most mechanics that have dealt with fuel issues in cars, they, the first, one of the first things they'll ask you is, how often are you filling up your car? Do you fill up your car when it has one mile left till it's empty? Or do you fill up your car at a quarter of a tank? And you'll say, well, I fill it up when it's empty, when it's all the way down, when the light's buzzing and, and I can feel it, I can feel it, you know, shifting back and forth because it's running out of fuel. He's going to say, that's what your problem is. Start filling up your car when you hit up, when you get a, a quarter of the tank. That's the time to fill up your car. You don't wait till it gets empty. Why? Because when you have a, a fuel tank that's got filled over and over and over and over and over again, hundreds of times, you start getting debris in it. You start getting sludge in it. You start getting water in it. And that, that junk, when you run it all the way down to the bottom, will start getting into your fuel lines and clog up your fuel lines. It'll get into your injectors and start clogging up your injectors. And if you're not careful under the right circumstances you can have catastrophic failure and it'll start burning your piston right why because simply because you didn't fuel up enough see it's the same thing with holy spirit listen if you're going to only seek him when when you're down when you listen church many times that's going to be too late the circumstance is already going to consume you and it's going to take you some time it's going to take you some money it's going to take you some good mechanics to get you out of that place we need to daily seek him, daily seek him. Listen, when you're giving out to people, when you're giving out to, to you, know, you know, training up your children, you know, training up, you know, teaching someone the word of God, your neighbor, someone at the grocery, whatever it may be, listen, you're giving out of something that's in. Listen, you better, you better be filling yourself back up, filling yourself back up in prayer, filling yourself back up with his word, filling yourself back up in his presence. Why do you think Jesus said, don't forsake the gathering of yourself together. Well, I can just read the Bible. I can pray on my own. <laughs> yeah, but there's a, a corporate presence of Holy Spirit when he comes into the house that fills us up, that energizes us. He says, don't forsake those things. Why? Because if we begin to forsake his commands and his words, you know what's going to happen? You may end up with catastrophic failure in your life. Hmm? We may end up with catastrophic failure. He says, seek him out like silver. Seek him out like hidden treasures. Seek her out. Seek Holy Spirit like out with, like a hidden treasure. How do you know that, that Holy Spirit, to me, he is, a, he is a treasure chest. Let me just say that because I can, I can hear that going on in someone's, someone's spirit there. Listen, there is no gender in God. Now, God calls himself Father. Jesus, you know, obviously was a man when he came here on earth. Amen. But there is no gender in the spirit. Right? You can look through the word of God and many times, you know, they're, they're, he uses the, the female gender, amen, to describe God. It's, it's describing his characteristic. When God, breathed, hello, when God breathed his spirit into man to, bring that, to give them life, it produced man. And what did he do? He took out of man to make a woman, right? But he took it out of man. Why? Because he breathed him in. He has the characteristics of both a man and a woman. I mean, don't let me, I'm, we're not going to get, I don't want to get you crossways on those things, but listen, you've got to understand those things. So it's not, it's not something strange when he's saying her here. He's talking about the characteristics of Holy Spirit, the gentleness and the nature of Holy Spirit. Now he says, listen, 
When you seek, seek him out or seek her out like, like treasures that are hidden. Listen, this is who he is to me. He is a treasure chest full of priceless gems that I wouldn't trade for anything in this world. I will give up anything for that. He is that treasure that I've sought, that I've grabbed a hold of. I mean, I ain't going to let it go. And I'm not going to let it go. I don't seek him only when I have a problem. I seek him every day like silver. <laughs> and this is probably some of the reason that when we begin to seek him like that he- he- uh, hidden treasure and you grab a hold of it and you begin to seek him like silver on a day-to-day basis, you'll find that you don't have as many problems circulating around you. It's not because they're not there. Because you're going to have issues. Issues are going to, but you're not going to pay any attention to them. Why? Because you have one focus, one thing you're holding on to, and your eyes don't get off on the situations. They stay on him. Have you ever... Have you ever watched those old those TV programs, you know, where you see like a like a guy that's sleepwalking? You know, he's sleepwalking, and it may be a cartoon, I don't know, but I'm just I seeing this guy, he's walking, like walking down the street. Amen. And there's like and he and he's sleeping and he has his hands in front of him, and you see a car whiz by him and whiz behind him and doesn't hit him, and he, he just continues walking, and there's a, a manhole in the middle of the street that's that's open, and, and right when he's about to walk into the manhole, you know, some guy pops up with a hard hat and his and his foot goes on his head and he continues walking, and then he's going to the bridge, and, and the and when he's getting halfway on the bridge, the bridge is actually knocked out, but then you see the beam coming down from the crane, and, and somehow he just steps on the beam and he walks walks on the beam till he gets to the other side and he, and he lands on the other side of the river and he doesn't know how he got there because he's asleep, but things just, things just seem to always work out. Why does that happen? That's the same way it's like with Holy Spirit. I mean, you can have all kinds of rubbish and nonsense going, going on around you. You can have sicknesses. You can have COVID. You can have depression. You can have lack. You can have things that are operating around you, trials and circumstances. And they're, they're going around and everyone's like, I don't know. How's that person? How are they saying that everything's grand in their life? You're like, I don't even realize those things are happening. I mean, listen, when we had COVID, you know, come, come to this nation or coming around the world, listen, we didn't even realize it, my, my family, and we didn't even realize necessarily what was going on around us. Why? Because we were in such a bubble of the presence of God. I mean, our church didn't shut down. Our church didn't disappear like a lot of them didn't know. The church grew. Why? Because we actually had an authentic presence, an authentic Jesus to offer people. Huh? But it wasn't a fear of, oh, my Lord, the economy is going to burst. Oh, my Lord, what if the church gets shut down? Oh, my Lord, what if I get kicked out of here and have to go back to the U.S.? None of that stuff mattered. It was actually one of the most peaceful times we've ever had in ministry. Hmm? Because we didn't have to deal with people all the time. Only underground. Hallelujah. But it's because we were walking, just like that, that man that's sleepwalking. And it's not that your eyes are closed to things that are going on around you. You're just not saying it. Why? Because you don't care. You don't care about the sickness. You don't, you don't care when depression starts coming on and knocking on your door. You, you're not answering. 
anxiety. You're not going to the doctor to get the tablets. No, 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 no. no. You're not even paying attention to it, even though it's knocking, saying, here I am, anxiety, please open up the door. I, I, I deserve to come in and mess with you. Huh? Who are you? No, go away. Why could our eyes stay completely focused on the king? <laughs> we allow him to lead the dance and everything that we're doing. Eyes completely focused on him. Trying not to step on his toes. By allowing him to lead us through this walk in this earth and he will keep us out of every single snare and every single trap. See, church, when our lives become like this, this is when you'll see thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth, just like it is in heaven. We're not giving power to those things around us. We just walk in union with him and everything he has begins to follow us. Hmm? Everything he has begins to follow us. See, when I, when I talk like this, it's like uh, sometimes... Sometimes people, I know people can think I'm, I'm OTT. I can get, I can get over the top when, you, when you're talking about things of the spirit. I mean, do you really pray that much? Do you really spend that much time with the Lord? Do you really study the word that much? Do you really do these things? I mean, I think that's a little over the top because I'll tell you what, like I tell, like tell most people, listen, I, I, I spend so much time. I talk about Holy Spirit with everything. Even what I'm wearing, even the attire I wear, most of the time I'm asking Holy Spirit, what do you, what do you think about that? You think I should wear that or you think, or what do you prefer? What do you, would you, wear? you, like, you, like, you like those trousers or should I wear the other ones? You like, that, you like that jumper or should I wear a different one? What about the socks? What do you think about that, Lord? What do you think about that, Lord? If you're like, oh, like you really have to ask the Lord what you're going to wear. No, you don't have to ask the Lord what to wear. Church, I don't have a problem making the decision. I'm a very good decision maker. Amen. That's, that's not the problem. The problem is I don't want to make the decision anymore. I found a treasure. I've sought after a treasure and I've grabbed a hold of that treasure. I'm going to hold it so tight, hold it so dear. I want to know everything that he knows. I don't care even if it's on the simplest of things. And what's on those simple things. Then when the big things come, it's like, oh my God, what am I supposed to do now? Now you already know what to do with it. Why? Because you're in union. You're not waiting for the catastrophic failure to come. No, you're filling up over and over and over again. Huh? Come on, church. If you had a, if you had a treasure map, if you had a treasure map to send you on a mission to receive a treasure that could fulfill everything that your family needs, and not just this family, but for generation and generation and generation. If you found a treasure map that, 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 that is guaranteed that treasure is there, they'll set your family up for generations to come. Are you going to go after and seek after it? Hmm? Are you going to go and seek after it? I'm telling you, you wouldn't, you, know, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't stop till you found it. You'd give up everything, every penny you have to go find it. And when you find it, you'd grab a hold of it. You'd white knuckle it so tight no one could pull it out of your grasp. And you'd pull it to you. You wouldn't let it out of your sight. Why? Because it'd be that valuable to you. That treasure would be that valuable to you.
Jesus is saying, this is how we ought to be seeking after the presence. Because his presence has the ability to set your family up. And if Jesus so tarries, the next generation and the next generation and the next generation and the next generation and the next generation. But you're going to have to find it. You're going to have to find him. It's not about finding a religion. It's not about finding the, the, which church is better. No, it's about finding him. It's about finding the presence. So we talk about this all the time. You know, what, what, what is the presence of God? What is the presence of God? It's not a theory, church. It's not a scripture. It's not a verse. It's not some new revelation that, that the modern church has got. No, the presence of God is just that. It is his presence. My presence is here today. Amen. Why? Because it's me. Amen. His presence is him. It's God himself. It's the Father. It's the Son. It's Jesus. It's Holy Spirit. And when you go to seek after that, when you go to seek after him, like it's the most valuable treasure, <laughs> you'll receive that manifestation, his manifestation of his presence. You'll receive him, church, and he will set you up with everything that he has. With everything that he has. Why? Because all this stuff comes with him. We got to get to the place where we're not seeking, seeking his stuff all the time, but seeking him. I think that was me and Mama Cad talking about, you know, how they used to, how you said liken that to. There's this void that's in people's heart. We're trying to, you know, everyone's trying to fill it up with with all kinds of junk. We're trying to fill it up, fill it up, fill it up, fill it up, because God put an innate desire on the inside of you to seek after Him. Every person. That's why I say there's no such thing as an atheist. <laughs> there's no such thing. Like Andrew Womack would say, yeah, you'll find out there's no such thing as an atheist when you get into war and they're in the foxhole with you and bullets start flying around. They start crying out to God real quick. Hmm? Because he put that desire on the inside of us. Church, we got to seek after him. Seek after him. Not just the better life. No, seek after him. You'll get a better life. Seek after him, not, not just the healing. You seek after him, you're going to get the healing. Seek after him, not just to, to have, you know, to be taken care of financially for the shot. You seek after him, church, he has every penny you ever need for the rest of your life. Seek after him, not, you know, not just, not just peace, not just, not just joyless. You seek after him, Lord, he'll flood you with these things. And he'll flood you, he'll pour these things in you. Why? So you can give it outwardly every single person you come into contact with. That's the gospel. What are we seeking after, church? Hmm? What are we seeking after? If it's not him, we need to make that shift on the inside of us this evening. It's a slight shift. It's a mindset. It's a posture of your heart. You know, make that shift and go after it. And that is when we will begin to see the kingdom of God flood everywhere we go. You'll see people bringing sick people out on the streets just because Claire is walking by. Why? Not because, man, she's the great evangelist walking down the street. No, because she has the great evangelist on the inside of her looking for someone to heal, looking for someone to set free. Hmm? but we got to be seeking him, church. Amen.
So let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your kindness. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, may we receive your word. Lord, because we've received you. May we hide each and every command you've given. May we hide them in our heart, not say, no, that's not for today. That's not for us. No, no. may we hide everything about you on the inside so we can incline our ear into wisdom, so we can hear what the Spirit of the Lord is actually trying to say to us, so we can follow that, that love trail, that, that invitation to a date, that invitation to the bedchamber, that invitation to the throne room to where we can find your presence. Lord, shift the things in our heart. Holy Spirit, I ask you to, to break apart the, the hardness that's in our heart that the world has subjected us to and we've yielded unto. Rip that callus off, Lord, that we can be sensitive to you once again. Birth a fire in us for your word, a fire in us for your commands, a fire in us for your presence. Lord, do we actually see what treasure you are and begin to seek after you with everything that we have? And when we get you, we grab a hold of you and we never let you go. We become infatuated that your eyes will solely be for you because your eyes are solely for us. Lord, we love you, Lord. We adore you. Mm. May we thirst and hunger after you. May we pant after you as the deer pants for water. Whew, we thank you, Lord. May this word go forth to us today. May it, may, it, may it not get stolen when we walk out of these doors. May it, may it be in cultivated ground that produces some 30, 60, 100 fold return. So you can truly reap the harvest off of the greatest seed you've ever sown yourself. Lord, we love you, Lord. We adore you. We thank you for your hedge of protection that's around us where we claim Psalms 91. We thank you we don't have to walk in fear, Lord, because we're walking with you. When you come upon the scene, darkness begins to run. Sickness begins to run. Animosities, strife begins to run. We thank you, Lord, for your protection of angels you send out for us. We're protecting of all of our ways. We walk out of this church, we walk out of this house today from your presence, continuing in your presence, not leaving in here, but taking you with us. Walking out as ambassadors, representing you, being mouthpieces for you. Lord, give us opportunity this week, Lord, to unveil your goodness, unveil the treasure unto someone. We thank you, Lord, for the ambassadors you've made us to be. Thank you, Lord, here at Island Church. We are covered by your blood. We're empowered by your word, Lord. We are anointed 
by the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.